0: It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart. Todd Marquart, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question, veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 or ask a question online at com. that's m-a-r-q-u-a-r-d-t lawfirm.com and now it's talk law radio with todd marquardt welcome to talk law radio
1: i'm todd marquardt here on nine thirty a.m the answer and everywhere you can listen to a podcast The Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected and inheritance plans. And new businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with corporations, contracts, LLCs, family-limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in district court county court, or probate court. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law. But because legal advice must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you learn today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day and for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Please forgive us for our sins, for our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing, or failing to do your will. Please help Gregory and me talk about the Alzheimer's Association to the listeners today. Please help us use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today's show is about the Alzheimer's Association, and I do have a guest. Um, we will present him in the second segment, so I'm going to do things a little backwards today. I'm going to talk about the law mostly and talk about some of uh, estate planning that you can do that's uh, related to someone who might be diagnosed with Alzheimer's sometime in the future. So we're going to be talking about the Alzheimer's Association today, some events that are coming up, and the services that they provide. But first, I'd like to talk about a distinction that the law makes and that uh, physicians and healthcare make when talking about Alzheimer's. Not everybody with a memory impairment has Alzheimer's. And the scientists and physicians will tell us that Alzheimer's is one type of dementia. And so the the broader category of health concern here is dementia. Alzheimer's is one type. And there might be other things that are causing memory impairment as well. I'm not a physician. I've just run into these situations many, many times because... Clients and prospective clients come into my office to ask me uh, for legal solutions when this happens to their loved ones, and they tell me things about what worked and what didn't work, what the cause of the memory impairment was, and and so forth. Sometimes I have known people to tell me that um, a simple bladder infection can cause or urinary tract infection can cause some memory problems or strange behavior. Um, Somebody told me one time that a vitamin deficiency caused uh, memory impairment or uh, behavior that was abnormal for that person. And so don't just jump to conclusions and assume that it's Alzheimer's, um, but have them checked out. And if you're having trouble, you should always go to the, the doctor to be checked out because you don't know how serious the the situation is or can be if you don't get it checked out. So there's a court case um, that reminds me of this, and so I'm going to talk about it. But I have to pull up the actual case on my phone so I can tell you who the parties are. Uh, court cases are public, especially when the court writes an opinion about it. That means it's public. Um, Good law that we can follow. Uh, you may have heard about the term stare decisis. It's a legal principle that our judicial system is based on. It's where um, opinion, court case opinions, are part of the backbone of the law. And if uh, a Supreme Court or a Court of Appeals makes an opinion, then other courts are likely to follow that. So our guest is at the door, and somebody will let him in, but we're not going to start talking to him until after our first break, and so that's just a couple of minutes. Okay, so this case uh, was between family members uh, in the guardianship of William Vernon McKenzie. Uh, This happened in 2020. And it was in uh, the county court of San Jacinto County in Texas. And so what happened was a family friend of the guy named McKenzie filed the application for guardianship. Actually, he filed to become temporary guardian, which translates into an emergency guardianship. So what had happened is, uh, allegedly, McKenzie um, signed some deeds over to um, some of his family members and then um, discovered or decided that he no longer wanted those deeds to be valid. He was thinking, well, I must not have been in my right mind when I signed those things. And so his friend... Uh, Christopher Andrew Johnson, filed the application for guardianship over him. And uh, several people were involved in that lawsuit. And then they said that, well, really, he does have capacity. So he he did have the mental cap- capability of making his own decisions. So that's what the court case was about. And it came down to having some... Doctors testify about whether he had capacity or didn't have capacity. So in the guardianship section of the Texas Estates Code, it says that a physician must fill out a certificate, which is like a form that says that the physician examined this person and has either found or not found him or her to be uh, incapacitated that is substantially unable to make financial, legal, medical, or health care decisions. Well, one one physician, the primary care physician, testified that maybe he had a mild cognitive impairment, and but he could still live his life normally uh, for the most part. And uh, another physician testified that that said, no, that, that wasn't the case, that the symptoms he exhibited were much more serious. So the reason I wanted to bring this case to your attention is to highlight the fact that um, memory impairment, dementia, and Alzheimer's is most often not like a light switch. Uh, it doesn't, your, your ability to think doesn't just turn off at a, at a moment's notice. It's more of a gradual decline. Now, there are some things that will cause a sudden, uh, immediate decline, um, but most of the people I run into, it's more of a gradual thing. We have to take a break, and when we come back, we'll have Gregory from the Alzheimer's Association in uh, San Antonio in South Texas. Stay tuned.
2: Real estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Markworth Law Firm.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. We're here talking about the Alzheimer's Association today, a special event that's coming up, and how the Alzheimer's Association helps the community, um, especially those who are suffering from Alzheimer's currently. Gregory, welcome to the show. Tell us uh, a little bit about where you come from, your background.
3: Sure. Um, Well grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. And uh, my connection to the Alzheimer's Association started when my godfather was diagnosed at at a young age. He had younger onset Alzheimer's disease. And I got to see the effect that the disease has on the family. But for me, more importantly, I got to see the impact the Alzheimer's Association can have on the family positively. Uh, So I sought out an opportunity to work for the organization that had really given my family an opportunity to fight back against the disease that had re- taken Ron away from us. Um, so worked for the association in Greater Missouri for several years before uh, relocating to Texas to be able to have a broader impact. Uh, I was a fundraiser in Greater Missouri, which was great, but I really wanted to have more of an impact on those living with the disease through Program care and support, mm-hmm. uh, and, and advocating for, for their rights and research dollars. So moved to Texas, took over the, uh, the El Paso chapter for a year and a half, and then moved to San Antonio. So I get to, in my current role, uh, manage the San Antonio and South Texas chapter, which is 43 counties from basically from San Antonio down uh, to Laredo and the Valley, and I also get to work with the other five chapters in Texas as the region lead. So I, I really do get to have a broad impact on how we help folks living with dementia today and ultimately how we will impact the way the disease progresses in the future. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a fun seven-year journey. I say fun. We're dealing with a, a pretty serious uh, life-threatening disease, but we're making an impact daily in the lives of those living with the disease and broadly by accelerating research on a global scale so that ultimately I'll be out of a job and I'll have to look for a new <laughs> cause to, to, to yeah. fight against.
1: Well, a lot of the events that you hold do have some fun aspect to them.
3: Yeah, and that's, the, that's really the point is we want to make sure we honor those living with dementia, honor those that we've lost, but we also want to celebrate life and the fact that you can still create memories even if you're living with dementia. Uh, it may not be the person living with dementia that's that's going to maintain those memories, but you can create lifelong memories as a caregiver, as a family, and, and understanding that at the root of this is still a person, regardless of the diminished capacity or whatever stage of the disease they might be in. It's a person that deserves to be treated with with respect and dignity. And we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to enjoy themselves and to have fun and see that there's a community of support out there for them.
1: I had my first connection to the Alzheimer's Association here in San Antonio because my grandmother, my mom's mom, was suffering from Alzheimer's, and my mom was the caregiver. And there was a seminar, and I went with them just because I was interested. And what I took away from that e- event was the way that it empowered my mom. She felt like the information that she learned would help her better able to care for my mamma. Yeah.
3: It's powerful. Just having the tools in your toolbox, and I'm sure you see it every day in, in the work you do working with families and, and with clients. Just having tools in your toolbox, knowing that you, you have a group that can support you or somebody that can support you in the background that can help you make decisions, that can help you uh, react or respond to different, different things that happen. I mean, that's, it's really empowering. Right. And
1: some of the things that we learned that night was if your loved one is exhibiting some behavior that's uh, troublesome or problematic, it's not really their choice to do that, that there's something going on with their brain that's causing them to behave this way. And so take it easy on them.
3: Well, that, and also take it easy on yourself and the way you respond, because it's hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, the caregiver journey is difficult. And so that's one of the things we have our 24-7 helpline that's available. And we always tell folks it's a helpline, not a hotline. I mean, we're there for you if it's an emergent situation as well, but it's really there middle of the night, if you're, if you're wrestling with a, boy, should I have handled this situation differently, you can talk to a, a trained clinician that can kind of give you the feedback and the assurance of, okay, this is how you handled it. This is why you responded the way you did. And that's okay. Maybe try these different things in oh, the future. Um, and we have classes as well on how to interact with folks and, and managing behavior uh, that's common with dementia and making sure that you feel comfortable with de escalation tactics and making sure that you feel comfortable having a conversation to put them in a place where they you reduce agitation. So there's lots of things that we can do, but it's it it's important to yeah, take it easy on the person with dementia, but also take it easy on yourself because the caregivers journey is not an easy one.
1: So you keep saying the person with dementia instead of the person with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So when when somebody calls, you don't question them about is this dementia or Alzheimer's? We can only talk to people with Alzheimer's.
3: Sure. Well, it's a, we serve as, an, as the Alzheimer's Association, we serve those living with Alzheimer's, but also all other related dementias. So I the The term dementia is kind of that umbrella term. It's, mm-hmm. It would be similar to, you know, if somebody has cancer, will they have, do they have pancreatic cancer, do right. they have breast cancer? Alzheimer's is under that umbrella. It's the most common form of dementia. So when I, yeah, when I speak, I typically say person with dementia or person living with dementia because I want to make sure we're inclusive and that folks understand Alzheimer's is the is the easiest or the the, it puts us at the beginning of the alphabet but we really do serve the entire alphabet when it comes to dementia so that's um, good to know yeah and we will ask questions about you know have you talked to your physician have you gotten a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease have you gone through the process of you know, eliminating things that that might be treatable, like, I mean, something as simple as a urinary tract infection can Mm -hmm. present symptoms of dementia. So we will do that kind of triage with you as a care consultation, either on the phone or in person. Uh, But I do typically say person with dementia, just Mm -hmm. to make sure that, that folks know, you know, they may not have gotten a an Alzheimer's diagnosis. They may just have gotten that mild cognitive impairment diagnosis, but we're here to help in any stage of the disease, in any stage of dementia.
1: So if somebody wants to find a class or call the hotline or volunteer or donate money, where should they go?
3: Well, the easiest answer is ALZ.org. Okay. It's only six letters. It's easy to remember. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're interested in calling that helpline, it's 800-272-3900, and it's available all the time. Uh, here in San Antonio, we're located uh, actually just down the road from here on McAllister Freeway um, at ten two twenty three McAllister Freeway, but. ALZ.org will give you access to our location, our set of resources and classes here locally, but also an entire library of events that are available 24-7. So you can do all of our courses that we do live and in person or virtually online. You can do any time of day. So if you have a loved one that's up late at night and you you are at 3 or 4 in the morning, go, you know what, I'd really like to learn about how to uh, how to respond to different behaviors or mm-hmm. I need legal and financial planning advice. How where do I start for somebody with dementia? You can do that at three or four in the morning by going to ALC.org.
1: And there's articles there.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's really the the receptacle for Alzheimer's information. So from from I have a diagnosis to or a loved one is living with, and I need to need to know how to, how to best care for them, to just looking for basic information and facts for family members. Uh, it's all on alz.org. and again, has links to what we offer here locally.
1: Okay, we're talking with Gregory from the Alzheimer's Association, especially the chapter here in San Antonio and South Texas. And you're also the lead
3: for the state. So how do you how do you lead? Well, so my I lead by serving. Quite honestly, servant leadership is the way I I prefer to to lead my team and that's just to facilitate communication because things that are happening in Houston and things that are happening in Dallas or El Paso, those things impact the way the dementia community is is affected here locally. So making sure that we are advocating uh, at the state and federal level, in a unified voice, is one way. Uh, but also, you know, we live in a world now where telemedicine, virtual experience, is is much more readily available. It's not 100% widely available. That technology gap is still there. But if somebody's having yeah. uh, an education seminar in Houston, we can we can have folks from San Antonio attend that virtually here and get that that. High-quality information, oh, so okay. coordination and communication, and and making sure that we're all working together, pulling the rope in the same direction.
1: So we've been talking about resour resources so far. You mentioned advocacy. Um, there's also opportunity for support groups, right? Tell us about that.
3: Absolutely. So we have we have support groups in person for both the caregiver and uh folks living with dementia we have virtual support groups that are available online uh, twice a twice a month we uh, but we do have the in-person groups that, that meet all across San Antonio and really throughout the South Texas region. You can find all of those at alz.org/crf. I would hate to hate to give the wrong date, time, or location. Yeah. I don't have all of that <clears throat> written in my brain. Uh, or if you do call our our helpline, they'll be able to help you navigate, find the nearest location, the, the earliest date, and when you can when you can interact. Those groups are so important, and we talk about calling and just saying, you know, I had a rough day. Here's how I helped my loved one. Mm-hmm. What should I have done differently? To talk to other folks that are in a similar situation that may have experienced the same thing, they may be further in their journey, they may not be as far in their, their journey as you are, but to have those shared experiences and be able to talk openly and honestly with the other folks so important, and we do have those available. Uh, and I, I have So you a, said that website
1: uh, what say that again?
3: Yeah, so I added three more letters. So this is our own mini, mini <laughs> mental cognitive exam today. ALZ.CRF. And the CRF stands for Community Resource Finder. Okay, great. And that's education classes, support groups, professionals like yourself that can help with legal and financial planning mm-hmm. and and really long-term care. Any kind of part of this Alzheimer's journey, you can get information on what resources are available here locally through that website.
1: Okay. We're going to take a break in just a few seconds uh when we come back we're going to be talking about the special event that's coming up and so you don't want to miss the details on that stay tuned talk law radio i'm todd Marcourt here with gregory from the alzheimer's association here in san antonio and south texas now gregory i i haven't said your last name yet because i'm afraid that i'm going to say it wrong uh will you introduce Absolutely. yourself again for those who are just now turn,
3: tuning in sure my name is gregory shuto so uh, I always tell people I've been called worse because uh, six letters, but it gets, it gets pronounced many ways, but shoe-toe, like you put your shoe on, toe first. Right.
1: So, okay. Yeah. And you're with the Alzheimer's Association. You're the guy in charge here in town, right?
3: Yeah. I, I, I take my orders from, from my entire team, but yeah, I, I get the, the pleasure and burden of leadership here in San Antonio in South Texas
1: and you're getting ready to host a a big event, Uh, and it's a a big deal because it's been put off during the pandemic. Tell us about this event.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, in 2019, we we had our first uh, memory gala here in San Antonio, and it was uh, was a ton of fun, wildly successful masquerade ball theme, Uh, and we were planning to do our second in May of 2020, and obviously, plans changed so this has been two years in the making but on uh, may 7th of this year we will have our 2022 memory gala and it's a day at the derby so it coincides with the kentucky derby so we're, we're asking folks to to join us and and wear their best kentucky derby day kind of attire uh big floppy hats and all and we'll do all of the derby type things and uh we'll do some racing uh, we'll have armadillo races and all kinds of fun stuff throughout the day. Uh but just like I said, an event two years in the making. We're super excited to to get back in person. Uh and this year we're we're honoring a couple of really special individuals in San Antonio, uh Dr. Suda Sushadri, who's uh one of the leading Alzheimer's researchers in the world, let alone in San Antonio. Wow. Uh and then we're also honoring Bill Taylor. Uh, for the the impact that he has, not just on on Alzheimer's and our association, but really on the community at, at large.
1: Tell me more about the armadillo races. I wish. This, I, are these actual animals these, that we're going to see?
3: Yep, live armadillos, uh, and and folks will be able to 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 place bets place bets on the armadillos. And uh, yeah, that's about as much as I know. I'm I'm a little little un, unsure about about all of that, but uh, just something to provide a little bit of fun and uh, atmosphere and get you in that derby spirit mm-hmm. uh, before we kind of have our, our full program. Okay.
1: And where is the location?
3: Well, that's an important thing that I probably should have mentioned <laughs> right out of the gate. We'll be at the Redberry Estate uh, on May 7th and really excited based on kind of the history of that building and its connection to horse racing and it really does fit well with with the theme of our evening i'm not familiar so because i'm not from here either i'm from new mexico okay uh, so so you're when I said El Paso you're right you're right We there. considered
1: El Paso to be part of New Mexico. <laughs> you know, I,
3: I get I got that a lot when I was in El Paso folks called it El Paso New Mexico the Texas group. Uh so uh, my understanding is it was kind of a speakeasy type place where where they had they held horse races and did kind of betting. Okay. Um, and there's, there's a whole room in the Redberry Estate that is – it's kind of a speakeasy gambling, like a, a okay. low-key casino that mm-hmm. was, was in the past used uh, to kind of get around gambling laws here in Texas. And so now it's turned into something completely different It's an event, event center. Yeah. But, uh, but it kind of has – it has that connection to horse breeding, horse racing, and it will create a nice environment for, for our event.
1: What part of town?
3: Well, that is another great question, and I'm not from here. I <laughs> believe it's just a little bit north of San Antonio. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, Redberry Estate is, I think th- they've been around as an event center for a f- three or four years. I think we were we were going to be one of their first big events coming out of the pandemic, uh, and then we obviously shifted and pushed back from from our September date to now. Right, right. Uh, May 7th.
1: What kind of food is going to be served there?
3: Well, I'm told it's going to be a gourmet feast. So we'll have appetizers and things pre-event and then a, full, a full-plated full dinner. Uh, and then I'm told there's a VIP section that we'll have after the actual ceremony where we'll have a biscuit bar and and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, but for for the price of admission you get'll we'll have an open bar and we'll have a full plated meal uh, I don't know the specifics my my team has picked out the meal and told me that it's going to be spectacular. Oh, I bet. Uh, and, and my events that I've been to in the past that have been catered by RK, the RK group have been fantastic. So I'm assuming we're going to have great food, great fun. And then an opportunity, like I said, to honor some very special folks that are doing great, great work towards ending Alzheimer's disease.
1: Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of fun. How can people get a ticket?
3: Uh, well, that's a, that's another good question. You can visit us online on our Facebook page. There's, uh, there's uh, 2022 Memory Gala. Uh, or you can give us a call, uh, the person that's leading the charge for us. I'll give you a local number this time. Instead of an 800 number, it's 210-822-6449 if you're interested. Uh, again, if you do call... Our helpline. If you do call any of the numbers available, they'll be able to get you information. Uh, but the 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 gala will be at the Redbury Estate, which is uh, off Gembler Road on May seventh. And uh, Lisa will be happy to entertain you if you're if you're interested in joining us that evening.
1: Okay. How much does a ticket cost?
3: So individual tickets are three fifty, uh, and then we do have a few. I say a few, we, I think we have two tables left. So if you wanted to do a table, it's a table of 10 for 3500 um, So there are, there are opportunities to attend. Uh, we do have a few spots left. We're hoping for a crowd of about 250 folks uh, coming out of the pandemic. We feel like that's a, a good large crowd, but also gives us room, especially at this venue, to spread out and still feel like we're, we're, we're being cautious and, and safe.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun.
3: It should be, and I'm not even scratching the surface of the fun activities that that the team has planned for our gala. Uh, it'll be it'll be great fun, great a great event, and uh, again, we get to honor those living with dementia, those we've lost, and those that are, are doing great work in the fight against Alzheimer's disease here in San Antonio.
1: Okay, well, if there's any more detail that you'd like to mention, we can. Talk about that now. You mentioned the armadillo racing. That's going to be my favorite thing. That's what I'm going to tell my wife. I want to see that. Um,
3: there's going to be food. What else can we expect? We will have we'll have live music. We'll have we'll have plenty of of fun that way as well. I'm looking forward to the Derby fabulous hats. That's what everybody tells me is going to be is going to be fun. So uh, my wife in planning is is super excited to be able to you know you don't often get get her hat already. No, she's she's hope we're going next week to do all (laughs) of our because you know I'm supposed to wear this kind of Derby type attire right a light-colored suit, which I don't own. So we're going to do our shopping this week. And, and I have
1: a light-colored suit, but I don't know if I fit in it anymore.
3: <laughs> well, that's another result of the, the last two years. The pandemic. Is, yeah, it's right. been. Uh, I always tell my friends and family back home in St. Louis that everything's bigger in Texas, including Greg. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, so there's going to be a big event coming up, and we've been talking about support groups and resources online, the helpline. What kind of research is happening right
3: now with Alzheimer's? So a lot of people don't realize Alzheimer's disease was first diagnosed in 1906, so a significant amount of time. And part of the reason is people don't really talk about it. It's it's kind of has the stigma of cancer in the fifties where if you have if somebody's experiencing it you really don't talk about it. So over the past twenty years, really, f- the Alzheimer's Association was founded in nineteen eighty, and since that point, we've done a lot to reduce stigma to raise awareness so that people are are more comfortable talking about a diagnosis. Uh, as far as research is concerned, there is more happening now than there ever has been. We have. Uh, last year, the first uh, FDA approved treatment for the underlying biology of Alzheimer's disease was approved.
1: Let me stop you there. Okay. I have to have a cliffhanger so that people will keep listening. Okay. We're about to go on a break. Um, and then we'll also talk about legacy. Uh, marquard law firm sponsors the show so uh, attorneys at marquard law firm focus on business and estate law including last wills living trusts and tax protected inheritance plans we're about to take a break stay tuned because gregory shuto will be talking about uh some recent research alzheimer's uh in the alzheimer's area so stay tuned
2: Real estate questions have profound impacts on your business or estate. Changes of ownership to your real estate could impact your business or your legacy to your children and grandchildren. It may be less expensive to prevent a mistake than to correct one. If you have real estate questions, it's a good idea to contact an attorney who focuses on last wills, living trust, and tax-protected inheritance plans. Call today to schedule your no-cost legal consultation. 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Markworth Law Firm.
1: Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt here with Gregory Schuto, the Executive Director for the San Antonio and South Texas chapter of the Alzheimer's Association. Uh, We were talking about the event coming up, a day at the Derby, and just before the break, I cut Gregory off so that I would have a cliffhanger to talk about, and he was about to tell us about some important
3: research that has just developed absolutely so so yeah we we this past year uh, had the first Fda approved treatment that affects the underlying biology of Alzheimer's disease so to this point any medications that have been released or that are on the market are symptomatic uh, they're, they're designed to affect or impact the symptoms of Alzheimer's but not the root underlying cause so so in June of last year the first Fda approved uh, disease modifying treatment was made available. I say made available. It's not widely available at this point. Uh, to to really have access to it, you you have to be a part of a clinical trial. Uh, and you know, important to note, this is not a cure. It's just a step in the right direction mm-hmm. it's, and a step in the, in the direction of actually impacting the progression of the disease. Because prior to this. Nothing that there was nothing that could be done to slow, treat, or prevent Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. And now we have something that potentially can have an impact on the treatment of the disease. It's a huge step forward. Uh, and you know, in the pipeline of clinical trials, there are hundreds of of medications and treatment options that are are being rigorously tested. And that is an exciting development for those of us in the field to see that through advocating for additional research funding from the NIH and from the federal government, we've made it a more attractive field for researchers to take on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here in San Antonio, uh, we as an association have over $3 million, actually getting closer to $4 million in active research in this community, Looking at different parts of Alzheimer's disease from the social aspects of the disease, from, uh, you know, the effects of COVID on dementia Mm -hmm. and the future future development of of dementia to uh, disease-modifying treatments that are well beyond my scientific scope, which admittedly I will say is is (laughs) small. Uh, But we know more now. And we've learned more in the past five years than we have in the previous 105 years, wow. which, is, which is exciting. The brain is not exactly an organ that can be easily <laughs> manipulated or, right. you know, it's, it's very delicate. Uh, you know, when I first started, they, they liked to say we know more about the vastness of the ocean than we do our own brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're learning. And the thing that's exciting is we're learning ways that we can reduce risk. Uh, of developing dementia, and those are actionable things for folks today, even if you don't have symptoms and unfortunately for me it's diet and exercise right <laughs> so uh, things that I'm working on and trying to make sure that I, I take advantage of but we you know we 've always known if it's good for the heart it's good for the brain well we had a study called the Sprint Mind study that was recently completed that actually puts statistical data behind that okay if you if you manage blood pressure aggressively to a certain range by lifestyle interventions, diet and exercise, you can reduce your risk by up to 20% of developing dementia. And uh, as an association, we're leading a research study called US Pointer, which is based on a study out of Finland that tried to show that Uh, aggressive lifestyle interventions. So making sure that your diet is controlled, that you're getting a certain amount of exercise, that you're activating and and keeping your brain active through, you know, puzzle challenges, strategy uh, Mm -hmm. challenges, things like that will reduce your risk.
1: Yeah. My wife plays words with friends and she says, don't bother me. I'm trying to prevent Alzheimer's. (laughs) I love it.
3: I love it. Yeah. I mean, if you think about when you When we build a, an infrastructure of roads, right we build all these different pathways, so if one road is closed there 's another open mm-hmm. uh, and in San Antonio. It seems like we 're always building roads and we 're always working right. on roads. but uh, the brain is the same way where if you if you keep f- active and mentally stimulated you 're creating different pathways for the brain to use, and so you 're creating this structure of roads in your brain that as you age and as, as things might, might occur that cause those pathways to close, you have mm-hmm. other avenues. So that's why we think keeping your brain mentally stimulated, playing games like Words with Friends or doing Sudoku or whatever your your game of choice is, will keep the brain young.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Since this is our last segment, we're going to be talking about legacy. But I want to remind you, this is the show that serves to help you discover your legal issue blind spots by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. This is the last segment, so you know what time it is. And now, it's
0: time for the Talk Law Radio Legacy Spotlight. What's Your Legacy? Sponsored by Marquardt Law Firm.
1: Okay, Gregory. So this is the the Legacy Spotlight. And a lot of our clients will talk about... Um, something that they learned from a family member, you know, a a legacy of values. Others uh, talk about something they inherited that was uh, of special significance. Or you can talk about what you plan to leave, the values and and principles that you want to be remembered by, or something that you plan on uh, leaving to a beneficiary. You get to choose.
3: Oh boy, dealer's choice. So, This is going to sound roundabout, but my entire family, my dad, my brother, my grandpa, and for the folks on Facebook, uh, this, this is a, this is our normal standard. There was a a (laughs) moment in time where my grandpa, my brother, my dad, and I were all playing golf and we were all standing side by side doing this, right? Proof that. That, that his legacy has endured through through time, that, that he's passed something on to us. But one of the things that, I mean, that's just indicative of the, of the other things that have been left, uh, mm-hmm. the legacy that's left behind by my grandpa. He was always very giving. Uh, if somebody needed help, he always helped. He was also very, uh, he didn't live largely in his own life, but he always gave when people asked. And so for me, that would that's what i learned from him that's the legacy he mm-hmm. passed down to me it's what i would love to pass down to my children uh my 13 and my 15 year old to let them know that you know give whenever possible and and take only when necessary uh so those that's kind of the legacy that i think my my family likes to pass down i like that and give whenever possible and take only when necessary yeah i, I think it's it's just be open to, to helping others and, and accepting help when you need it. I mean, that's kind of what we talk about with the Alzheimer's, the Alzheimer's Association, right, is ask for help. The help is available.
1: And sometimes when you allow somebody to help, that's a gift that you're giving them because they get so much out of it by giving back.
3: Well, that's so true. I mean, that's the fulfillment I get out of the job that I do every day is that I know I'm making a difference for folks. So you're absolutely right. Sometimes allowing others to help is is a kindness and a gift in and of itself. Wow, that was really...
1: Yeah, well, some people say, I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to ask for help. And then they're quietly suffering when, you know, if they would just accept the help. I guess it's an act of humbleness, you know, you you have to swallow your pride a bit to say I need help.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I, we see that every day in this community when folks are are experiencing Alzheimer's or dementia, they're hesitant to ask for help because there's a pride and an independence in in folks that you know it's part of that American way. Like we can mm-hmm. do anything, we can we can beat anything, and and it's okay to ask for help.
1: Some people with, with Alzheimer's or with dementia, they still have that feeling and they don't really know what what's going on. And so the, that overrides their willingness to accept help. I, my grandmother was somewhat obstinate. Sometimes she wouldn't want to do things, but, you know, we would have to tell her, you know, you really need for us to help you with this. And she had some paranoia, which made it a little bit more difficult, too. Um, but we were there anyway.
3: Yeah. Being available is uh, is a huge, huge gift to her, mm-hmm. I'm sure. And nobody wants to be a burden. Mm-hmm. And that's why the work that you do in, in estate planning and building kind of a plan for the future is so important dementia or not. I'm glad you
1: brought that up, because before I end the show, I wanted to say something about keeping your legal documents safe from yourself. Mm. (laughs) I met with somebody um, who was asking me about guardianship, and they mentioned um, that they had seen a lawyer, and I said, well, didn't the lawyer do all of this, you know, a will and power of attorney? And she said, yes, but... When I was watching my dad one day, things were quiet. And so I went upstairs to find out what he was doing. He was shredding all of the legal documents. And so that's when having a home safe or a safe deposit box would have helped.
3: Absolutely. And having a plan, and regardless of whether dementia is in the conversation now or not. Right.
1: We have to do that while we're healthy. Absolutely. Okay, well, like I said, we're about to end the show. This is Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquart uh, talking with Gregory Shuto from the Alzheimer's Association. Why don't you mention the event that's coming
3: up in the last couple of minutes? Absolutely, we'll have our 2022 Memory Gala. It's a night, a day at the Derby, a day at the Derby, uh, starting at 6 p.m. at the Redberry Estate. Uh, and come on out support the alzheimer's association have a great time have a mint julep uh, and do do good at the same time so we, we'd love to see as many folks out as possible uh, you can give us a call or you can visit alz.org for more information
1: and to get a ticket specifically where can they go
3: well, you can find it through our Facebook page directly. There's a link to to purchase tickets. Or if you want, you can give us a call at 210-822-6449. Great. So you've been here with Todd Marquardt on Talk Law
1: Radio. We've been talking about Alzheimer's and the Alzheimer's Association. And before we end the show, I'd like to say a prayer. Dear God, thank you for the opportunity to talk about Alzheimer's Association with Gregory Shuto on the radio. Uh, we pray for those who are suffering from all dementias and medical issues. We pray for their caregivers, and uh, we pray that you would help comfort them and strengthen them and give them courage until Jesus comes. Amen. This is Todd Marquardt with Talk Law Radio. Next week, we'll be talking with uh, Jake Yetterberg with uh, Retirement Planning. I'll talk to you later.